Girls' Night Out, a sci-fi romance in six episodes. Episode six, A Mischief. get them out of here, but I can't just take them off these ventilators. They're sedated and they won't be able to breathe. I need some help. Who are you calling? 911, what's your emergency? This is Dr. Grace Rowland. I think somebody's been shot. Help us. What's your address, ma'am? It's the Feelright Laboratory in the Hills District on Blackburn Road. Can you give us a street number? Yeah, please hurry. We're we're in cold storage. Someone's been shot, ma'am? They're coming. I have to go. Someone's been shot? If I say they're sedated women on IV drips and ventilators, they'll be here maybe in an hour. But gunshots? That'll bring them in no time. We have to make sure people see this. Can you film me? Yep. Have you got them in the frame? Yep. It's recording. I love it when you're bossy. Okay, here goes. I am Dr. Grace Rowland, Chief Scientist at Feelright Corporation. Today, I'm at the Feelright Laboratory. Behind me are a number of young women. These women were abducted, sedated, and put on ventilators so that their stem cells could be harvested. As we're filming, the security goons, Gunter and Jerry, came into cold storage. Jerry got down low and crept towards the door to the cold room. We didn't see him. God, I'm too old for this. That's good. Stop and save. Okay, okay. Your phone is not the same as mine. Here, I can save and post. Hashtag mad scientist. I've decided I love Twitter. Gracie, we've got company. They were on the other side of the glass in the observation area. Jerry tried the door. It was locked, of course, but the tall one called Gunter had a pass. He scanned it. The door clicked unlocked. He put his hand on the door handle. I felt heat rising up in me like a volcano. I raised my hand with my palm towards him, and the heat traveled down my arm to my hand, and... What's that? Has he got a weapon in hand? I can't open the door. It's too hot. Gunter pulled his hand away for a moment. The door glowed red. He's taking his shirt off. He's going to use the t-shirt like an oven mitt. Can you get inside them, Lane? I... no. Not people. Can't you blast them again? (sighs) My hand, it's not working. Try the other hand. Think about what they've done to Anita. I hadn't considered trying my left hand, but Lane was right. When I thought of Anita, a heat rose up in me and... 
The door came off its hinges and flung Jerry and Gunter across the room. Well, look at that. You're ambidextrous. And then two policemen came in cold storage. They spotted Jerry and Gunter on the floor. Police, don't move. So the police showed up, and the fire department. There were people in hazmat gear and ambulances. The women from cold storage were being brought out on stretchers. Lane and I had one more thing to do. Stop right there, ladies. What's in the box? I'm Dr. Grace Rowland. We are evacuating these laboratory animals from the fire. What are they? Rattus norvacius. Rats. A hundred of them. Oh, okay. Take them to the Hascamp tent over there. We made like we were walking to the tent. Then we peeled off and went straight to Lane's car. No one noticed us. One of the benefits of being a woman of a certain age. I really should go out there and talk to someone. What's wrong? It's a text from Kaylee. Daphne's got her. Andrew had taken Kaylee and Persephone to the Mallard Mansion. Hayden was waiting for them. Hey, girls. Boy, am I glad to see you. We were worried. This is bullshit, Hayden. I have to warn you, you know who is pretty angry. Andrew took the girls upstairs to see Daphne. Daphne was propped up on about a hundred pillows and licking her chops. With her was Dr. Gregory Pentergast. Miss Mallard, your daughter, safe and sound, and the friend. There you are, darling, finally. Dr. Pendergast, get Persephone prepped. Callie, sit down over there. Sit. Don't touch me. Mom, I'm really tired. I don't want it. Persephone, you will never get no, better. No, 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 no. Pendergast, sedate her. She's going to hurt herself. No, 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 no. Your daughter's veins have collapsed. How about her leg? She's hypovolemic. Lack of blood volume. I can rehydrate her, but it will take some time. You're a vampire. You and Dr. Death here. Knock, knock. Ducks, what's going on? Hayden, I need you to leave. What's wrong with Persephone? You've never understood what I'm trying to achieve. I'm too upset to talk to you right now. Please leave. Callie, are you all right? No, I'm not. Help us, Hayden. Andrew? Hayden seems to be confused about where he should be right now. You heard her. Out. And the dogs, too. Okay, I'm going. Butch, Cassidy, to me. It's best if you stay out until you're invited back in. This is my house. 
Stay. Callie, your little shenanigans today have endangered Persephone's health. You're a monster, sucking blood out of your own daughter. You know, Gregory, I have an idea. Callie is such a good friend. I've figured out what she can do. She can be my blood donor. I'm not giving you my blood. Ms. Mallard, I'm not. Not what? Paid enough? Andrew, help the doctor. (sighs) (sighs) Bitch bit me. Lane and I pulled up outside the Mallard Mansion. Kaylee's still not answering. Which one is your boss's place? That one. My, my. Human trafficking must be lucrative. I'll be right back. While I tried to talk to the man at the front gate into letting us in, Lane had a chat with the rats in the back seat. Hey, you guys hungry? I think I have a... Yep, power bar. Ladies, this is to share. Okay? Okay, the guy at the front gate won't let me in, and he won't admit Kaylee is in there. But I've got an idea. Come on. All right, ladies. We've got some business to take care of. I'm going to roll the window down so you've got fresh air. Be good. Lane and I walk up to the front gate of the Mallard Mansion, and I went invisible. Damn, that's a good trick. I'm starting to like it myself. The guy at the front gate clapped his eyes on Lane pretty much right away. His name tag said Gus, and... How can I help you, ma'am? I'm Elaine Dubois. I'm a probation officer. Lane flashed her animal rescue badge at Gus, and I snuck past him and headed up to the house. I understand Callista Rowland is on the premises. She is in violation of her parole. Uh, what makes you think that she's on the property, ma'am? She's wearing a government-issue electronic monitoring device on her ankle. I tracked her to this location. If Callista Rowland is being harbored on these premises, there could be criminal charges for you and for the residents. Okay, she is in there. Wait here, ma'am. Main house, this is Gus. Come in. Main house, this is Gus. Come in, main house. While Lane talked to Gus at the front gate, I had opened the front door and walked into the house. Daphne's husband, Hayden, and two dogs were just standing on the staircase. Hayden was looking up towards the first floor. Then I heard her. Don't touch me. It was my Kaylee. She was in one of the rooms upstairs. I started to climb the stairs. Somehow, the dogs could see me. Or sense me. Every step I took, the dogs got more savage. I couldn't go anywhere.
Warning, there are firearms present in this structure and an antagonist male with special forces training. Heightened risk to inception subject one and three. Special forces? Expand. Special forces are highly trained soldiers. Andrew Elroy was formerly a special forces soldier. He is armed and present in the structure. Thank you, Cognos. Main house, this is front gate. Come in. Well, what the heck? Why is the front door open? All right, miss. Come with me. What Lane and Gus saw when they came in the front door was Hayden cowering at the staircase. Next to him, two dogs were barking, seemingly at nothing, but Lane could feel what they were feeling. Lane went into a trance and entered Cassidy, the miniature Doberman with the pink collar of the two dogs. Once Lane entered Cassidy, Cassidy stopped barking, and once Cassidy stopped barking, so did Butch. What's going on here, Mr. Greenwell? I don't know, Gus, but I'm calling the police. Hello? I'd like to report a domestic disturbance at 5 Mandalay Drive. Please come quickly. They have guns. Hayden. Hayden Greenwell. Get away from me. I could hear my baby upstairs. The dogs had stopped barking at me, so I ran up the stairs. Butch and Cassidy came with me. I didn't know that Lane was inside Cassidy. I pushed open the door and entered Daphne's bedroom. Pendergast, what are you afraid of? There was Kaylee, of? Daphne, Get Andrew, up. and Dr. Pentergast. Pentergast was holding a syringe. Andrew was trying to corner Kaylee. Kaylee was dodging him. Cassidy lunged at Andrew and bit onto his pant leg. Let's see if we can tip this mother over. Butch got a hold of the other pant leg. The dogs pulled Andrew to the ground. Get off! Bloody Andrew, dogs. get up! Keep that door shut. Pendergast, do it, goddammit. Kaylee ran over the top of the bed. She went to the fireplace and grabbed a fireplace shovel. She started swinging it at Pendergast's head. I was so proud of her. What are you afraid of? She's just a little girl. Andrew, just shoot those dogs. Andrew drew his weapon. Cassidy leapt up and latched onto the arm holding the gun. Andrew punched Cassidy hard with the other hand. Cassidy tumbled away. Andrew aimed at Butch and fired. Then... I lost my invisibility. Mom? Grace? What are you doing here? You're trespassing. Downstairs, Lane collapsed. Are you all right, ma'am? And something truly strange happened. Sweet mother of Jesus. It was a river of white fur. It flowed into the house and up the staircase. The lab rats. They scampered through the open door into Daphne's bedroom like, like a plague, like a pestilence, like a tiny white furry cavalry. It was impossible. It was glorious. It was... A mischief. What the heck? Ah! Ah! Oh no! Ah! Get off me! Andrew! Help! Ah! 
rats ran to Daphne's bed and climbed up the blankets and the posts. Here was something that Daphne couldn't control. Here was something that couldn't be ordered around. The rats clawed at Daphne. They scratched her. They gnawed at her. I was visible and standing in the middle of the bedroom. Andrew was back on his feet. He saw me. He stood straight and aimed his gun at me. I did the only thing I could. I raised up both of my hands and I served up a double shot of hot flashes with the side order of maternal rage. One blast hit Andrew's gun and spread down his arm to his chest and neck. The other blast went past him and caught the curtains around Daphne's four-poster bed. Andrew! As fire swept the bed, the rats stopped attacking Daphne and left the way they came in. Daphne's face was like raw hamburger. She tried to put the fire out on her bed. Andrew rolled around on the ground, trying to put out the fire in his hair and on his clothes. Pentagoss stood in stunned silence, still holding the syringe in his hand. Kaylee saw her opportunity. She took a backhand swing with the fire shovel and whacked Pentergast in the back of his legs. Ah! Mom, how did you... Come on, Kaylee. Help me with Percy. Ready? Take her feet. Kaylee, Percy, and I left the bedroom. One of the dogs, Butch, was not moving. I tried to get Cassidy to come with us, but she wouldn't. She stayed with Butch. We carried Percy down the stairs, and Hayden rushed to help us. Behind us, Pentergast and Andrew came down the stairs, limped away in separate directions. Lane was lying unconscious at the bottom of the stairs. Lane, Lane. (sighs) I gotta get the dogs. Lane pulled Butch and Cassidy out of the fire. Butch had taken a bullet in his hind leg, but he was okay. The police took our statements. And and then a whole bunch of white rats came in through the front door. They didn't believe Gus. We watched the Mallard Mansion burn. Where's Mom? Where's Mom? Dr. Grace Rowland, I'm Officer Vander. I'd like to take your statement, ma'am. Of course, Officer. Just one thing. I go by my maiden name now. It's Gracie. Gracie Blaze. We're here at what remains of the Mallard Mansion, the family home of Daphne Mallard, CEO of biotech giant Vilray. Ms. Mallard perished in a fire here last night. Police are investigating whether the fire was deliberately set. Emergency workers are doing the painstaking work to revive 112 women who were being kept hostage in a disused part of the Feelright Laboratory. Early reports of abduction and harvesting are coming from these women. We'll bring you more as details emerge. I am Norman Fielder, Head of Marketing and Public Relations for Feelright. 
A small number of individuals, including former CEO Daphne Mallard, were involved in a rogue biotech operation. The police are investigating the matter, and Feelright is, of course, assisting the police. To ensure we have strong leadership during this difficult time, Feelright has appointed a new CEO. May I introduce Tasha Von Feline from our London office. Miss Feline is prepared to take a few questions now. Ms. Von Feline! Ms. Von Feline! What's next? What's next? Fountain of Youth! Fountain of Youth is on hold, pending evaluation of potential side effects. Ms. Von Feline! Ms. Van Feline, the scientific community feels that Feelright ignored its chief scientist, Dr. Grace Rowland, and tried to ruin her reputation. We are very thankful to Dr. Rowland for her excellent work. Mistakes have been made. But let me assure you, we at Feelright have your health and wellness at the heart of everything we do. We will work to rebuild your trust. Wait a second. Marty, is that Dr. Roland over there? It is. Come on. Dr. Roland, is it true that Feelright wants to reinstate you as chief scientist? No comment. Dr. Roland, should we trust Feelright? Good question. I should have been happy. Feel right wanted me to come back. Even my daughter was being nice to me. But so much had changed. Lane and I had powers. And then we heard that you had woken up, Clementine. What did it all mean? I wanted answers, and there were none. So I went to my favorite place. A cliff that looks out over the sea. I was just sitting there, listening to some tunes and worshipping the moon. And then the perfect song came on. I started dancing all by myself. Middle-aged, menopausal, unemployed, former rock chick with chronic invisibility and dangerous hot flashes. And then from behind me. I still don't know how to do that. You just have to feel it. Aren't you going to look at me? I'm afraid to. Don't be afraid, Gracie. <sighs> Fanboy? Fen B. Lifeform Warden to the Laniakea at your service. Oh, I have missed this place. Ow! You struck me! You just left! I thought you were dead! I am not dead. Are you not pleased? I'm very pleased. Just, I don't know. I'm old now, fanboy. You are not old, Gracie. You are... (laughs) Old. You are like blue jeans. Soft. One hundred shades of blue. Beautiful. Unique. Perfect. (laughs) Blue jeans. I like that. Everything that's happening, it's because of you, isn't it? Gracie, I need your help. Yours, Lane's, and Clementine's. We don't have much time. Time to do what? 
save the world. Okay, but first, you owe me a dance, and this time, I'm gonna collect. <laughs> <laughs> concludes our story for season one. Our wonderful voice actors are Nancy Zelno as Grace, Jen Lyles as Lane, Matthew Moore as Warden, Caitlin Stewart as Callie, Viv Jones as Daphne, Ryan Wiley as Hayden, Rob Stoller as Andrew, Paul Watton as AI Voice, Joe Demansky as Dr. Gregory Pendergast, Peter DeMarc is Gus, Wendy Page is Tasha Van Feline. Dan Egan is Norman. Michelle Onida is Persephone. Additional roles were performed by Mimi Collins, Mary Lebrie, Dan Egan, Rob Stoller, and Jen Lyles. Girls' Night Out was written and directed by me, Mary Lebrie, and produced by Women of a Certain Age. Our poster art was done by Kelly Ulrich. Our podcast thumbnail was created by Dan Egan. Original music, We Are Alive, was composed and produced by Dan Egan. Thank you for listening. If you love the show, give us a review on your favorite podcast platform and share us with your friends and fam. For all the episodes and the -the behind-the-scenes stuff, check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Our handle is at Girls Night Out Universe. You can find all the links you need for this show in the show notes for this podcast. Or you can go to our link tree, which is linktree forward slash Girls Night Out podcast. You can also hear Girls Night Out in sunny California on KPPQ 104.1 FM. That's on The Shiver Show. Thank you so much for listening and for joining us in this reality vector.